0: Hello to everyone. Welcome to Impact on the Crown with Tia. I'm the CEO of a tech for good company and passionate about making difference. This podcast series will dig deeper into what it means to make impactful change in society and whether you are an individual, charity, social enterprise representative, company, grant maker or government body, I hope you will enjoy these conversations. We focus on the dynamics between those who have resources to give and those who actually do the beneficiary work and tackle the challenges in our society. I'm proud to present uh, my first guest, my first uh, podcast uh, now today, uh, Tom Levitt. Uh, hello, Tom, how are you? I'm
1: very well indeed. Thank you, Tia. You. Yeah,
0: we've been uh, collaborating with Tom for a little while and have had very interesting discussions related to company and, and charity relationships or company and uh, social value organization relationships and therefore I thought that Tom would be the perfect, uh, perfect uh, discussion partner today for this first uh, uh, podcast series Tom uh, is a consultant uh, for responsible business. He has written several books of responsible business. Uh, and uh, one of the books that really has inspired me is a company citizen. And of course, you've been uh, writing a lot of other, other books as well. And uh, Tom is also a former uh, member of Parliament. Uh, and he knows loads about the private and third sector collaboration. But uh, let's start now, Tom, uh, about a company citizen. Why have you chosen to use that word rather than company giving or corporate social responsibility or some other other language that has been used around the topic?
1: Well, thank you for the the opportunity to to talk about this because you're absolutely right. The language that we use is very important uh, because it can give a lot away about the way we, we really think about these things. But ideally, it should focus and mean exactly what we intend it to mean. So I don't like to talk about company giving uh, because that is a uh, giving is a, an active process and it's all focused on the giver. I want to, be, I want to focus on the, uh, the impact. What, what difference does it make? If you've given money and nothing has changed as a result, you can't really be said to have had any impact. I don't like to use the phrase corporate social responsibility because, uh, and I I think it's a phrase that's been around since the 1950s. And in the 1970s, someone wrote an article to say, this phrase has become meaningless. Well, if it was meaningless in the 1970s, it's fairly meaningless now as well. uh, In that it tends to uh, cover an area of, of company work Uh, in their relationships with charities, which is short-term, which is superficial, which is voluntary, by which I mean it's not inherent in the mission of the company. Uh, And again, it's input-driven rather than uh, impact-driven. It's about ticking boxes, not about changing the world. Uh, There's another reason which I don't like it, is that most, 98% of all businesses in this country are small businesses. Uh, under 250 employees. I did some research a few years ago when I asked small businesses how they engage with their communities. And one of the questions was, uh, uh, what do you do in in CSR terms, corporate social responsibility Mm -hmm. terms? And their reply was, we don't do anything. We're not corporates. It doesn't apply to us. Mm -hmm. The corporates are the big guys, not the small guys. So uh, I picked the word company. And I picked the word citizen because a citizen, as we all know, uh, is someone, A, who looks out for their neighbours, but B, has a balance of duties and responsibilities which they need to discharge. So the company being a a social body, if you like, as well as an economic body, but being one which looks out for its neighbours and uh, which has duties as well as uh, rights and opportunities.
0: Yeah, that is a a good point that, uh, yes, there are a lot of companies who might not be feeling comfortable with CSR in terms of their size. Maybe they think that CSR is very uh, expensive to somehow contribute and it has to be something super extensive. Or then, uh, you know, uh, also CSR might be little bit difficult uh, if you don't really get into the topic and see how you could be building it into your strategy. What does it actually mean? Uh, And I guess in that sense, strategic CSR could be almost similar to company citizenship thinking. So uh, yes, I'm uh, very familiar using CSR myself and and very comfortable using it still, but I, I really like the company citizenship kind of philosophy and also you know the language but maybe still companies are a little bit more familiar with the CSR aspect but yes about the strategic approach and that's what you are now talking about let's take a little bit give
1: one piece of advice to a yes. charity approaching yes. company and that is if you want to talk to them about CSR and they send you to someone from the marketing department then it's the wrong person if they're <laughs> sending it you to someone in the HR department that's much more likely to get a meaningful, long-term, positive relationship out of it. If it's just about marketing and ticking boxes and making the company look good, that's not what it should be for, but too often it is.
0: Okay, uh, that is actually a good, po- good point. Um, of course, all contributions are valuable. <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. and we we'll talk a little bit later, you know, what can companies actually ask uh, as return and, and what would be ethically right and, and kind of how companies can benefit for this a little bit further. But uh, let's talk about the size of the market, kind of the CSR a little bit. And um, I have some numbers here. There's no one data source that could actually verify what are we actually talking about in terms of com- companies giving uh, monetary contributions. Uh, but to uh, give anybody who is listening to this podcast, the charity sector, uh, which you know doesn't include now social enterprises, which we also talk about, but the charity sector uh, gets approximately 23 billion, Uh, Pounds annually as voluntary income which then consists of donations from individuals uh, approximately 10 billion Uh, and uh, Then there are pretty much like five to six billion uh, worth of grants from trusts and foundations Uh, Governments give to the three billion annually and then companies are reported to give pretty much from three to six billion depending on the data sources Um, however, it's not about only money Uh, Companies give loads of volunteering hours, whether it's just like regular volunteering to any any task, group volunteering, but also increasingly skills-based volunteering, which is very valuable. There are very extensive production service donations uh, uh, given, and probably we have all heard quite a nice examples even during this COVID crisis, where companies have uh, distributed loads of like digital device, all kind of like software and stuff, and to help charities to actually digitalize faster and move in their services online. So. Um, this is kind of the, uh, uh, you know, little bit about the market size, side, but uh, Tom, what would be now the the approach if, if some company wants to become now really kind of uh, coherently company citizen or build a strategy meaningful CSR program, how should they go about it? What are the first things to do?
1: Very good question. Uh, I think it's worth remembering, of course, that 90% of all charities have uh, an income of under 100,000 so when you're talking about the billions that come into the sector actually most of it goes to a relatively small number of uh, of charities uh, and very often i think the uh, possibility that companies can uh, not only do good but benefit uh, themselves uh, from working very locally particularly smes Uh, is is often overlooked and clearly there are opportunities uh, to develop that but if what so often happens uh, a charity or a community centre is suddenly told you've got 50 uh, employee volunteers turning up a week on Thursday please find them something to do which very often is the heart of the CSR operation uh, then the chances are that it's not part of a strategic plan uh, by the company Uh, you were absolutely right to make a distinction between volunteering time um, and I for instance if I want to have my house decorated I wouldn't go along to the local accountants and say would you come along and decorate in -hmm. your own time uh, for for this for me I'd go to a professional decorator but still Uh, if the company is uh, if the company is offering time then I would, first of all, be quite wary. Make sure you need it, first of all. Make mm-hmm. sure you can use it properly. If they're offering skills, then that's a much better prospect because skills can change your operation. They can build you a website, they can do your auditing, uh, that they can listen to children read. You know, all those sort of things uh, are about yeah. not just using skills, but developing skills. And that's the third phase from time to skills, to skills transfer. So that you're not only building the skills within the charity, but actually the company's getting something out of it as well. Maybe the the employees are experiencing using their skills in a new context. Let me give you the example of um, Boots Opticians. Uh, They went out to... Uh, read to children in primary schools as part of their csr operation but they used a particular book which had been designed for this purpose and the book had hidden in it eye tests now children don't have the routine eye tests at school sure. that they used to but what these employees found was that they were picking up children with eye problems and helping them to get the help that they needed whether it was glasses or, or, or whatever uh, in a way which not only helped the children But it really gave the employees a sense of mission. This is what we're here for. We're here to help children see better and therefore learn to read better.
0: And also, I guess Boots got business as well, which is, you know, there's no harm in that either. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. And in fact, that's what makes a business charity partnership sustainable. It's the fact that there's a reason to continue doing it from the... Uh, business point of view normally it's reputation normally it's employee engagement but it can also be developing employee skills through that relationship with a charity whose mission is somehow related to the mission of the company
0: Yes, uh, definitely and uh, you know we have um, uh, in my company um, done quite a lot of uh, studies uh, related related to uh, these skills-based volunteering um, programs and what actually social enterprises and charities need. You you spoke about charities, we also did with social enterprises and there are a little bit differences because social enterprises are business entities and maybe they have already certain business type of skills but then uh, you know there are still a lot of similarities in requests and and uh, yes we have found very encouraging information on um, on this kind of skill space volunteering help and the need and I guess I you know just like one finding that I could like emphasize here or actually two findings first of all the uh, kind of if it's just an advice you know somebody advising you hour or two it's nice to of course know what you should be doing but if you don't have then the capability to do it or money to do it it's kind of Mm -hmm. it just creates frustration (laughs) doesn't it Uh, so so it should be leading to some kind of um, a little bit more tighter collaboration maybe giving more hours to actually get things started Um, i personally sometimes think that it would be good that if there would be if if a company delivers let's say uh, skills-based volunteering program and really wants to start collaborating with organizations, they could maybe uh, put in place like a small budget of this kind of expense budget. Because sometimes, let's say IT people, they, uh, they help you out, uh, you know, setting up things and stuff. You might be uh, needing to buy a hundred pound software or you might be needing to kind of acquire something or another laptop or something. And, uh, what we have learned not only the smallest charities, they might be even medium big size charities. They might not have the grant money to actually buy those things. Mm-hmm. So it would help them the skill space volunteering projects to really kind of boom. If there would be a little bit, this kind of expense money. And then what we have learned, um, is that you know uh, charities and social enterprises have really good experiences, like you said, about uh, these programs. But then I guess the negative side, what companies should remember, is that, that they have to treat the organizations like they were their clients, or, although they are not doing the client work. Because otherwise, the, the, uh, the, the company work kind of takes over, and sometimes you know then they don't have time to actually contribute what they promised to. So And then then it leaves the charities and social enterprises in trouble. But I guess, Tom, you would be saying something to this about whether the CSR is strategic or whether the company is company citizen after all, if these are the challenges.
1: Um, Yes, indeed. I've been writing this down that sometimes the best thing that a company can offer to a charity or to a social enterprise is simply to help them create a business plan. Yeah. To a greater strategy. Uh, and if they can have that help, it will mean that their decisions in future about how they operate are better informed. Uh, and it will also have the impact of uh, raising the awareness of the, the issues that charities and so on have to face with, within the business. And that will help the business then give more focused uh, advice next time. You talked about software. I mean, if you look at a company like Salesforce, uh, the support they give to charities yeah. through software and through training uh, is is second to none, uh, and uh, you know, it's a massive budget they have yes. for, uh, for 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 doing that. Um, but I'll give you another example. Uh, this is a very well established uh, story, uh, but it, it's it's of a, two big organisations because most of the stories that make it out there yeah. are from big organisations, yeah. and it's the Samaritans charity working with Network Rail. Now what they do is they train network rail staff who work on station platforms to identify potential suicide victims and to take the first steps in approaching them and talking them down and talking them out of committing suicide and this gives the employees, even if they never use those skills it gives them a sense of responsibility, it gives them a sense of ownership, it gives them a sense of importance and it's really good from an employee engagement point of view. But from the company's point of view, if one person jumps in front of a train, it can cause tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of pounds worth of disruption. So it is a really good business case for Network Rail to invest in training in suicide awareness amongst its staff and it saves them an awful lot of money. So yeah. it's a win-win situation.
0: Yeah, because, a lot, Lots of examples
1: yeah. like that, which have been worked out over the years, they're long-term relationships, uh, and that there's a real business case for both the Samaritans and Network Rail uh, to, to take it forward.
0: Yeah, and I think this leads to then the compatibility uh, aspect, you know, that if you start looking uh, collaboration opportunities through, you know, also the gains and kind of uh, what kind of... Um, you know uh, goals you would be having and I I guess there is no no uh, negative uh, things about thinking about like you said saving costs from the company side or or then uh, you know paying money to charities so they get more income uh, to utilize their expertise and um, I guess the the important is to understand First of all, what the charity or social enterprise does and what the impact is that they have actually uh, created uh, in order to even start to evaluating these organizations. So you are a keen speaker for understanding the social value delivered uh, and you've been active member of a committee who has now created uh, a new pretty standard. It will be a voluntary standard, but it will be a standard uh, of uh, social impact measurement and reporting. Would you like to comment on, on this?
1: Certainly, yes. Uh, I've been a strong supporter of the Social Value Act ever since it became law in 2012. And what the Social Value Act does is it makes it possible for, I'm just literally saying what the law says, makes it possible for local and national government. To use its procurement policies uh, up to a certain level for contracts over a certain size to create more social value uh, by choosing one tender over another. Now that sounds quite dry and mathematical, and it is. And that's mm. why, for for quite a few years, only really a few large local authorities—Birmingham, uh, Manchester, yep. uh, name but two—had. Uh, Really taken the social value message and and pushed it. About 2015, David Cameron said that he would make the NHS into a a real social value procurement agent to to create better social value from its procurement. It didn't really happen, but this year uh, the government has announced that across all government procurement it will now be prioritizing social value, Uh, and that means going way beyond what the law says, and it means that. Uh, for example, if you're bidding for a, uh, a waste removal contract, mm. uh, then, and one company says we send half of the stuff to, to landfill uh, and we, uh, we, we we put some of the rest in straight into a river, mm. and another one says for the same price, we put nothing into landfill and nothing into rivers and we recycle all of it, then you would choose the recycling one. you mm. choose the one which has the... Uh, Uh, the greater positive impact on the environment or or on the community and the law now allows really any organization to use its procurement policies in that way Um, but it's not just about the environment you you could say we you could choose between a company which takes modern slavery very seriously and a company that just ticks the box and says yes we have a policy on it Um, for example so all of these are ways uh in which uh you can get a, a side benefit if you like for either the community or the environment now unfortunately there's no way uh, obvious way a of measuring those things mm-hmm. and b of comparing how would you compare saving someone from slavery uh in the far east uh with not putting as much waste to landfill yeah. so you can reduce it all to money uh, in 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 one sense, or you can take a, a a view which says in a sense it doesn't matter what we measure as long as we start off a baseline, what we're measuring is change uh, and we're able to account for those changes uh, be, through our actions and that's pretty well what the British standard is going to say uh, it's called enhancing social value b s eight nine five o and it will be saying really doesn't matter how you measure social value but these are the care the, these represent the care you should take when choosing how to show that social value has been created and how then to be able to compare one creation of social value uh, against another so it, it's it's really uh, about a sort of disciplined approach to measurement as opposed to um, a, a rubbing a magic lamp which suddenly gives you a formula which is going to tell you exactly how much social value you've created but the important thing really is to create the atmosphere where companies and others anyone who's procuring wants to do that and that's why I'm a strong supporter of Buy Social, which is the Social Enterprise UK campaign to persuade uh, large companies to procure from smaller social enterprises and it's been incredibly successful millions of pounds worth of, of work going to social enterprises, uh, producing social value as a result of um, corporate uh, procurement policies.
0: Yeah, and, and uh, whether you are buying services as a company from uh, social enterprises or contributing you know, uh, you know, your time, money and goods and services to, uh, to charities or even buying something from charities, charities also sell services, uh, many many types to organisations. I, I guess it's important that the actual organization who does the beneficiary work actually reports on the impact and um, we, you know we have seen that a lot that you know companies try to report on impact that obviously they didn't make they help it made with their resources but they weren't actually dealing with the beneficiaries mm-hmm. and uh, uh, so um, in, in terms of community engagement work I'm not talking about now recycling or Or supply chain management but if you're working with um, uh, like uh, social enterprises and charities who actually do the beneficiary work it should be them to report the impact and then the company can of course claim uh, you know uh, bits and pieces of it and they helped uh, making the impact but uh, but, um, you know they cannot report it without those organizations And um, I think it's uh, very good uh, uh, that uh, the the standard is now there and it really um, uh, kind of puts it on on the focus that first of all, there has to be some kind of reporting, uh, you know, existing before you can actually start analyzing things. Um, What do you think about this monetary value? I mean, uh, in my company, we've been uh, discussing this a lot uh, with uh, various organizations should there be a monetary value put on the impact the company has made obviously companies are profit making and they want they like numbers which is great i mean uh, we are company as well we like numbers but uh, is there a price tag to an impact that you made
1: that's a really good question um there are some things which it is possible quite easily to reduce to a financial difference Um, For example, uh, you you can show that an investment in solar panels pays for itself in X number of years, and so therefore you can produce a benefit to the environment uh, by by looking at how that performs over a number of years. Um, And and other ways where costs can be reduced as a result of uh, social value being created, which is a win-win situation. However, there are others in where it's very difficult to... Uh, put a put a financial value on it and this is a problem which some of the models for calculating social value which exist out there already face. Um, I'm thinking of two of them for example one of which uh, counts uh, unpaid voluntary work at, uh, I forget the figures exactly let's say £10 an hour and the other counts it at £12 an hour well, that's not, not a huge difference yeah. but one of them counts professional advice at £25 an hour and the other counts professional advice as being worth 75 pounds an hour, yeah. which assumes everyone's a lawyer, really, I suppose. But so the social value which they generate is entirely dependent on the arbitrary figure that's yeah. been used to represent the value of one hour of volunteering, uh, yeah. and, and therefore you're going to get two completely different answers. Which one's right? Well, you can justify both of them yeah. <laughs> uh, in, in a sense.:
0: Actually, it doesn't still uh, uh, report the change. I mean, did, if, you, if you it. gave them advice with the 10 pounds an hour and it totally changed the life of a charity and suddenly they yeah. could scale and do whatever, you know, yeah. that actually made a difference uh, in the beneficiary's life. Maybe they can now contact 100 people or more. Maybe they influence, uh, uh, you know, lives of, uh, you know, 100 people, uh, you know, like more than they be, did before. But uh, obviously that kind of like a sequences of, you know activities or uh, consequences you know it's very hard to determine you're making
1: a really really good point there mm-hmm. in that these are measurements of input yeah. they're not measures of yes. output or outcome yeah. or impact and uh, i don't know why in a social value situation you you would want to be measuring input because it tells you nothing about the social value yeah been.
0: yeah so how you know yeah it's a it's a tricky bit uh, but uh, i guess you know uh, our standpoint at the moment in my uh, company is that we try to focus on more intangible but still uh, kind of um, descriptive uh, kind of outcome impact type of a thing that, you know, how many, uh, you know, maybe uh, people got to work, you know, uh, from unemployment and then they started earning their money, the lives of their children, you know, improved and which then led to something. So it's like how their life changed, uh, and I think, to be honest, even uh, from the individual perspective or employee perspective, the consumer perspective, these stories are actually more impactful than somebody reading from the financial line saying that we created twelve thousand pounds of impact. <laughs> you know, so
1: I, I put a tenner into a collecting box. Yeah, nothing else changes. That's mm. a measure of input. not not the social value measure
0: of that yeah yeah so i guess we should focus more on uh, measured change that was actually created and then think about more of a storytelling uh, aspect of it and encourage also in companies you know employees stakeholders to get involved in these stories and that would then create the powerful kind of a, a like a Platform of company reputation building and employee engagement rather than trying to uh, get an extra line on the balance sheet.
1: Absolutely right.
0: Yeah. So what do you say now, Tom, Um, because we have to wrap it up, we could speak here the whole day, I know, but uh, uh, what would you say to companies at this time of the crisis, uh, uh, some of which are actually putting a lot of effort into building their CSR strategies and see this as an opportunity, but those who said that now it's not the time, we, we've been actually uh, contacting hundreds of companies um, um, through our research, but also our product development. And we hear these stories from companies that they are just saying that, oh, our employees are overwhelmed, we cannot go further with this uh, employee engagement or volunteering thing, and, and we are just struggling, so we cannot think about these kind of things. So what would you say to companies who think like this at the moment?
1: Just around the corner from where I live, there's an estate agent, and they closed down pretty much uh, with the original lockdown uh, from from coronavirus. Um, And they furloughed almost all of their employees. And what did the furloughed employees do? They all went to volunteer for the local food bank. They all took part in uh, making meals for distribution to to people who, who needed meals at home. And they collected 250 black plastic bags uh, full of gifts for charity, where they went around collecting from people's doorsteps uh, the, these bags. And they, they were able, therefore, to, to not just raise money for charity, but also to, to provide goods uh, for, for the charity shops. And that was a company, you know, a corporate decision taken in that office that this was going to be our response to COVID. And obviously, that was done. fairly short notice and to be fair it built on a a company which was already aware of its uh, role and the potential good that it could do in in the community but they really stepped up to the mark and there have been lots of examples of that there are companies uh, there's a hotel chain for example uh, which went into furlough and when it came out it paid all its low-paid workers uh, the living wage as opposed to simply the national minimum wage Now that sounds bizarre, you know. You have a big financial shock and you come back and you increase your costs. But actually, no, this was an investment in those people because it it was a sign of good faith uh, and it would build a relationship uh, between the company and its employees. So for all of these reasons, I think that there is a business case for businesses to engage with the community to have a positive impact on the environment. And this is all done, I think there's a very simple way to ensure that this happens. And that's simply to stop looking down at what your quarterly returns are and look up, look for a longer term horizon. And if you look for that longer term horizon, as family owned companies always used to do when they were the norm, uh, things fall into a different perspective. And you can see how your investments in social value uh, in all of its different uh, forms, uh, will pay off not just for the beneficiaries and the communities and, and the environment, but for the company as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, a beautiful story that, and yes, there are uh, many stories that uh, companies have that engagement within themselves, that they actually want to still do things together and not just go right. home and, and take the time off and wait this crisis to disappear also um, you know since lots of uh, charities and social enterprises you know they have such a good knowledge in various things that affect the life of all of us whether it's mental health issues you know eating disorders illnesses uh, learning disabilities there are just vast range of topics that actually are in our each and every one of lives and that Mm -hmm. means that every company employee has them as well so if 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 the employees could be linked with that whether it's money donations skills different kind of projects to kind of collaborate these organizations it will create a lot of good within the staff and also takes care of their mental health you know and sense of purpose and stuff so even in this time i think it might be difficult to keep up the spirit but these kind of collaborations could be a wonderful way of doing it and, uh, and it would benefit the both parties. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, there is, still, like you said, a lot of time, there are products in the storage, you know, uh, there might be money somewhere or people would like to maybe fundraise, now innovate new fundraising uh, kind of methods. And that is exactly what uh, example like charities need now they haven't been able to raise funds like they used to be maybe there are companies who can innovate something totally new for them and uh, help them get off the ground you know uh, in this new situation so it creates a lot of nice opportunities and you know we we just of course hope that you know companies uh, see this and and kind of start to look at this uh, with fresh eyes and not just think about this crisis as a as a kind of a crisis situation where you have to just hide and focus on yourself
1: every crisis brings opportunities
0: yes uh yeah certainly okay tom uh time is up i guess uh, i'm sure we will uh, have a chat again even in this podcast series so thank you everyone for listening impact on the ground with tia We hope you learned something new or got some ideas. And if there is anything else uh, you'd need to uh, request, or maybe you have a topic that you would like uh, me to uh, just present here in my podcast, please just visit uh, www.whatimpact.com and you'll find uh, there is a intercom service and and channels to uh, communicate with me. Thank you so much, Tom. Uh, And uh, I guess you have some new book coming up. (laughs)
1: Um, something
0: else than a business book
1: apart from the company's there's also The Courage to Meddle which was uh, my biography of the architect of the New Deal in America, Frances Perkins Uh, and this talks about at the end of the book it talks about the impact of the policies which she created in the 1930s and what impact they're having now and these are all related issues to what we've been talking about they're to do with factory safety, ending child labour, minimum wages, maximum hours—those sorts of things. So it's it's a, a, it's a really good story, I think, as well as being a, a wonderful, wonderful woman.
0: Yeah. and that is probably our next topic, Tom. So we have to discuss this. Uh, you know, uh, sometimes, uh, like we said, we, we think that charities and social enterprises uh, solve, uh, solve the issues and challenges in the society or actually take care of them. But many times, it might be uh, that the governments need to have changed the regulations uh, before the charities and social enterprises can perform effectively. But that's, that's another discussion.
1: <laughs> Sorry. That's a whole new conversation. I Steve. know,
0: I know. So let's book that in uh, for, for maybe later this year or beginning of next. Well, uh, anyway, thank you so much, Tom. And thank you, everybody who has been listening.